We've come to this passage in Matthew chapter 13. Matthew chapter 13, and, and once again, Jesus is, Jesus is, is teaching, uh, but he's, he's changed, his, he's changed his, his direction of his teaching a little bit. In the past, he's been saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand, and he's been teaching uh, them who he is and how they ought to receive him as their, as their king. But now he's, he's beginning to teach some mysteries of the kingdom. The Bible tells us that Jesus is teaching some of the mysteries of the kingdom. And the, one of the first of these, uh, the first uh, parable, as, as it were, uh, is the, the parable of the sower and the seed. And we're going to look at that uh, this morning. And actually, for the next couple of weeks, we're going to look at, at the, this parable of the sower and the seed and the soil. Uh, this morning, though, we're going, to, we're going to take a look at the sower. Jesus said in Matthew 13 and verse 1, it uh, says... Uh, the same day went Jesus out of the house and sat by the seaside, and great multitudes were gathered together unto him, so that he went into a ship and sat, and the whole multitude stood on the shore. So Jesus had gone down, uh, he, he, he had been teaching from a house, and he went out of the house, and down, there were so many people that, so many people wanted to hear, and so many people needed to hear, and so Jesus went down to this area, uh, there to the sea, and, and, uh, and the, the shore there was kind of set up almost like an amphitheater. There have been people, uh, some friends of mine have gone to this, this region and gone to this area and they've, they've stood down there by the water and they've spoken just in a, a, very, uh, a very low uh, uh, volume and people all around were able to hear them because of the, the natural lay of the land there. It was like an amphitheater. And, and, but Jesus, uh, Jesus was out there and, and so many people were there that came pressing to hear him uh, that he needed, to, he needed to step back a little bit. And so he, he went into one of the boats and, and we find out later that it's, uh, it's Simon in Peter's boat, and uh, and Jesus Jesus begins to teach, and he said, he said uh, the Bible says, and he spake many things unto them in parables. Now a parable is uh, is an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. There's there's a lesson that he's trying to teach, a very important spiritual truth that he's trying to teach here. And he said he said, behold, a sower went forth to sow. And when he sowed, some seeds fell by the wayside, and the fowls came and devoured them up. Some fell upon stony places where they had not much earth, and forthwith they sprung up because they had no deepness of earth. And when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprung up and choked them. And other fell, upon, fell into good ground, and it brought forth fruit, some an hundredfold, some sixtyfold, some thirtyfold. Who hath ears to hear, let him hear. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you and praise you for your word. I thank you for this, this parable and for what you want to teach us through this parable. Lord, I pray that this morning that we would have ears to hear what you have to say to us. I pray that we would be sensitive and submissive to you as you speak to us and as you challenge us from your word. I'm thankful for the seed that was sown into our hearts. And I pray that we would learn from this sower this morning and that we would learn from your word and we would go forth and be the right kind of sower in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Each of us, each of us have, uh, have had jobs or a career and things like that. And, and uh, you know, a, pol a police officer goes out and he polices. 
An attorney goes out and he, uh, he represents his, his clients. A mechanic fixes cars. A teacher teaches. A preacher preaches. And a sower sows. Uh, the sower here was a person whose life was, was dedicated to sowing seed and to, and to, to farming, to agriculture. And, and he would go out and, and he, would take, he would take the seed. Sometimes they would have them in, in bags and, and he would take, have that bag kind of hung around him. You've seen, those, you've seen those little carriers like mamas carry their babies in, just like a sling around them. And the babies uh, nestled snugly there in that little in that sling. And, and uh, the sower would have a bag kind of like that slung around him. And he would go out and he'd, he'd just grab a handful of seed and just sling it just throw it broadcasting that seed sometimes seed is, is sown that way just throwing it throwing it and just scattering it all around sometimes seed is taken and planted in just specific places like this you know just little bits here and here and there and and uh, but this sower this sower it seems that he was he was the one that was just going and, and broadcasting just throwing seed everywhere just slinging it everywhere he could trying to get as much seed out there as possible and, and uh, you know, the, the Bible teaches us, the Bible teaches us that we are like a sower. We have, we have seed to sow. And we have a responsibility to sow that seed. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 4 uh, that we should walk worthy of the vocation wherewith we're called. Uh, we heard, uh, some of us went to a, a meeting a couple of weeks ago over in, uh, over in, um, Camarillo, a friend of mine, was hosting a meeting there uh, talking about, about sharing the gospel with, his, with whoever and, and, and with anybody and everybody. And he was, we were being encouraged in, in our, our witness for the Lord. And, and uh, one of the preachers talked about, talked about Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, the, one of the disciples of Christ, one of the apostles. You know, the, uh, he, he was sharing with us that there are only, a, there are only 12 verses of the Bible that talk about Andrew, that name Andrew. Only 12 verses in the Bible that name Andrew, and four of those mention him in a list with all the other ones. Only eight verses talk about Andrew doing something. But in each of those verses, when it mentions Andrew, you know what you're going to find? Andrew is working hard to bring people to Jesus. The, and the, the preacher said something that day that just really stuck with me. He said, bringing people to Jesus is what he was known for. Bringing people to Jesus is just what he did. And then he asked this question, what do you do? What are you known for? Are we sowers of the seed? The seed is the gospel. Are we sowing the seed of the gospel as God would want us to? Are we being faithful to, to share the message of Jesus Christ the way that we should this morning as we, look at, as we look at the life of this sower? I pray that God will speak to our hearts and that we'll be challenged to be the right kind of sower. We see, first of all, his person. The person of the sower. The Bible says, Behold, a sower went forth to sow. Now, this could, this could have been anybody. This could have been, a, this could have been a, a young man. This could have been an older, older man. This could have been a young, a young lady. This could have, could have been an older lady. Uh, it, it could have been anybody. This person was a sower. The Bible doesn't t say uh, their gender. It doesn't say their age. It doesn't say where they were from. Jesus could have been telling a story about somebody over in Egypt. He was just talking about a sower. The sower went forth to sow. And uh, the, the Bible tells us that... Uh, the Bible tells us that uh, that God wants to use each one of us as a sower. 
But the decision to be that, if we're going to be the right kind of sower, we're going to need to be the right kind of person. We're going to need to be faithful to go out to sow. But here's, here's, where, here's, where the, here's where, what it boils down to, though. We've got to make a decision to do so. We need to make a decision to be the right kind of person, the right kind of sower. See, the Bible says in Romans chapter 6, verse 19, Paul said, I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh. You know, we're weak in the flesh. Our, because we, th- this flesh is our enemy, we battle against this when we try to do the things of God. The Bible says we have three enemies, the world, the flesh, and the devil. You might be able to shut the devil out. You might be able to shut the world out. But you're not going to get the flesh to leave you alone unless you leave this world. And uh, that time's not going to come until Jesus says he's ready for you, right? And, and so you're going to deal with this enemy, the flesh, as long as we are in this life. Uh, but uh, the Bible says, because of the infirmity of your flesh, he says, For as ye have yielded your members, as servants to uncleanness and to iniquity unto iniquity, even so now yield your members, servants to righteousness unto holiness. He said, look, there was a time in your life as, a, as an unsaved person, as a lost person, you yielded yourself, you yielded your body, you yielded your mind and your life to work iniquity. To do wrong things, to serve, to serve yourself and to serve uh, Satan essentially. You sought to please yourself and to be satisfied and you worked iniquity. He said, but as you have yielded your, your, yourself, your instruments, uh, your members rather, as servants to uncleanness and to iniquity, unto iniquity. He said, just as you did that, just as passionately as you sought after sin and self and pleasure, just as fervently as you went after the things of the world. He said, now, because you're a child of God, you need to yield yourself as instruments of righteousness unto holiness. I don't know about you, but, uh, but the things that, uh, but I'm not, I'm not proud of everything that I used to do. Amen? The, thing, uh, the, the song, uh, There's a song that we sang as kids that said, the things I used to do, I don't do them anymore. There's been a great change since I've been born again. You know, there, was, uh, there were some things in my past, some music that I listened to, some language that I might have used, some associations and, and things like that, that that I used to do. I don't do those anymore. You might say, but you were raised in a Christian home. I know. I was raised in a preacher's home. But that didn't make me perfect. In fact, I probably, I probably had a lot more sin in here than out here. A lot more that, that I did visibly that looked good, but inside was just as sinful and wicked. And here's the thing. God really is not as interested with what's going on outside as He is what's going on inside. Because what's going on inside is going to dictate what goes on outside. And if the heart is not right, the life is not going to be right. Now, I, I, was, I was doubly wrong. Because not only, I guess if that's even a phrase, if you're a grammar teacher, please forgive me. My wife's over here just cringing. Uh, but um, Because not only did I have that wickedness in here, but I also was a hypocrite about it. I hid it. Tried to at least. And you may be the same way. Full of iniquity in your heart. But just as from our heart we passionately desired and sought after the things of the world. God says, 
yield yourself unto God. Let's passionately seek after the things of God. Let's do those things that are pleasing to Him. You, you might have had some, some habits in the past that's in the past. Let's leave it in the past and let's press forward for the cause of Christ. Let's go forward and live for God and serve God because He loved us enough to come and set us free from our sin, not set us free so we can sin. He said, as you've yielded your members, instruments, uh, servants to uncleanness and, uh, and to iniquity, unto iniquity, even so now, now, right now, we can yield ourselves unto God. We can yield ourselves as, as instruments of, of, uh, or servants of, of righteousness unto holiness. We can yield ourselves to God and we can say, we can say, God, I want to serve you and seek to passionately serve God. You might say, but you don't know what I am. You don't know, you don't know what I've done. God's blood, God is, is loving and God wants to forgive you. And Jesus' blood, the, the blood of God himself uh, is there to wash our sins away and to forgive us completely of anything and everything that we've ever done. And give us a new life. The Bible calls it being born again. And you can serve Jesus Christ. There are many times that people believe that, that because of things they've done in their past that they can't serve God. Sometimes churches will give the idea that, that because you've done some things you can't serve God. But God is looking for somebody who will serve Him. He's looking for somebody who will make up the hedge and stand in the gap and, and, and fill a void to, to fill a position to serve Him and to reach people for Jesus Christ. God said to Isaiah, whom shall I send? And who will go for us? He looked around. He looked here and there. And he didn't see anybody that was wanting to serve God. But I'll tell you, because of where Jesus brought us from, because of what Jesus has done for us, that ought to create a desire in our hearts to serve Him. And so we can say like, like Isaiah did, Here am I, Lord. Here am I. Would you send me? Lord, I'll go. I'll do what you want me to do. I pray that that's your heart today. Do you want to be used by God? He wants to use you, and He will use you if you'll let Him. Uh, here, here's, the, here's the thing. The Bible just says here, a sower went forth to sow. As I mentioned earlier, it doesn't say the age of the sower. It doesn't say the ethnicity of the sower. It doesn't say the, 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 uh, doesn't say the, the economic uh, status of the sower. It just said a sower. And the reality is, look, look here at, uh, at our first takeaway. A child can sow a seed as well as an adult. And God wants to use you to sow the seeds of the gospel. As, as our boys were growing up, I, we would, we would uh, take them with us as we would go through neighborhoods and, and pass out invitations to church and, and go canvassing. And we still take them with us. And I'm grateful that they have a desire to do that. But there were times when we'd be, we'd be out and we'd give out some invitations and all that. And maybe we'd go to, we'd go to Target or, or uh, Walmart. We very rarely went to Walmart because uh, they weren't real close to where we were. Uh, but, uh, but we'd go to Target or we'd go to different stores or, or a restaurant or something like that. And it always thrilled me when my boys would go asking for a track, asking for an invitation because they wanted to go and give it to somebody. You know, a child can sow a, can sow a seed as well as an adult. 
And sometimes it's challenging to us because they're many times more faithful than we are. But if they can do it, hey, I can do it. It, it doesn't, all it takes is for somebody to just do like that to sow some seed. A child's hands can drop seeds into, a, into the soil just as well as an adult's hands. What does it take? It takes members yielded as instruments of righteousness unto God. Lord, would you use me? We see the person of the sower. God wants to use you to sow the seed of the gospel. Secondly, we see the passion of the sower. Behold, a sower went forth to sow. He was passionate, or she was passionate, what, whoever it was. They were passionate about sowing seed. They, they wanted to get the job done. They were earnest and they were anxious to get the job done. They knew that if the seed wasn't, wasn't placed in the soil, that it would not grow. It wasn't going to do anybody any good unless it was sown. And so they were passionate about sowing seed. They wanted to see, they wanted to see the, the, the crop to grow. They wanted to see the, the, the seed to, to produce a plant that would produce fruit. And they wanted to be able to reap that fruit. But it starts with sowing. And they... they They knew that they had to sow it and they were earnest about getting out there and sowing the seed. The Bible says in Romans chapter 10, some of the verses that we use to share the truth of the gospel. The Bible says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. And then in verse 13 of that chapter, it says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Praise the Lord for that. But look what it says next. How then shall they call on Him in whom they have not believed? How is somebody going to call upon the name of the Lord and be saved if they don't believe in the name of the Lord? If they don't believe in Him? And how should they believe in him of whom they've not heard? There are a lot of people in our world that have not heard the truth about Jesus Christ. There are, a lot of, there are a lot of God rejectors and Christ rejectors because they've not heard the truth about Jesus Christ. Some of them have been presented such a, a, false, uh, a false message that it has caused them to reject Jesus Christ. That's why it is so important for us, the sower, to be sowing the truth. It's why it's so important for us to be living lives that are going to to reflect the, the Jesus Christ that we're preaching. It's important for us to be living lives that are only... Uh, that we only live our lives in such a way that we are a good reflection of Jesus Christ, that it's becoming of the gospel of Christ. We want, we want people to see that when we tell them Jesus will set you free from sin, we want them to see in our lives a, a pattern and a testimony that we have been set free. You don't want to go to your friend and say, 
Hey, you old blankety blank, you know, blankety blank, you blankety blank, you've done all this stuff, and, and beep, 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 and God will beep, 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 set you free from your beep, 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 and sins. Really? You want to try another dose of that? No, you don't want to use language while you're trying to tell somebody, language that's you know, sinful, while you're trying to tell somebody Jesus is going to set them free from their sin. But if you wouldn't use it in that situation, why would you use it any other time? Because they, because they kind of, your friends that hear that and they hear your witness, they kind of couple it all together. Even the world knows that, that cursing is not becoming of a child of God. Even the world knows that, that a short temper is not becoming of a child of God. The world knows that, that, that Jesus was a, a friend of publicans and sinners. The world knows what Christians ought to be, sometimes better than Christians know. But because of our example, they don't really know Jesus. We ought to be passionate about presenting the truth of Jesus Christ to this world that is lost and on its way to hell. We should be passionate about that. The Bible says in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 11, Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. If we really love our loved ones, if we really care about our friends, if we have any inkling of, of humanity about us, we're going to care for those around us and not want anybody to spend eternity in hell. And knowing that the Bible teaches that people who die without Christ will go to hell and then they'll, and then they'll stand before God at the, judgment, at the great white throne judgment only to be cast into the lake of fire. But if we, if we care about them at all, we're going to be passionate to go and sow the seed but we'll be passionate about living a life that is consistent with the seed sown. Knowing, knowing that our loved ones, our friends, our co-workers, our neighbors may spend eternity separated from God. Uh, knowing that, knowing that, they, that without Christ they will hear, depart from me, ye cursed into everlasting torment. That ought to cause us to be so convicted about the way we live, about our priorities, our practices, everything that we do, so that we, we discipline ourselves to live a life that is reflecting the love and the mercy and the grace of Jesus Christ. And we should go out and tell our neighbors, tell our friends, tell our family that Jesus Christ is the only one that will save them from their sins. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given them men whereby we must be saved because we heard the gospel because we heard about the love of God because we heard about the grace of God we've received that gift of eternal life when we trusted Jesus Christ. The Bible says the, the goodness of God leads men to repentance. When we heard of His goodness in offering salvation freely to whosoever will, we responded to that gift, that, that offer, and we received that gift of salvation for ourselves. And, and we've experienced the love of God. 
We, we know that He loves us and, and we love Him because He first loved us. And the Bible says not only does the terror of the Lord uh, cause us to, to persuade men, but also the Bible says the love of, God, of Christ constraineth us. The love that Christ had for me, the love that Christ has for the world, the love that I have for Him causes me to love them like He loves them. And He is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. That's the person that curls up with their torn and tattered little blanket on the side of the street each night with their possessions all piled up around them and in a a shopping cart. It's also the person who who lives in the the huge mansion, got several cars and, and anything that their heart could desire. They go to bed in a big, warm, comfy bed and they need Jesus. It's the guy that you'll see walking through a store wearing a Dodger cap. Just normal, regular, everyday people need Jesus. It's people that don't look like us. It's people that don't act like us. It's people that don't talk like you. It's people that don't have the same traditions and and culture as you. You know what? That's one of the things I love about L.A. There's so many different languages and nationalities and cultures and all just kind of come together. This one big conglomerate out here. I love it. You get to learn so much about all the different people groups. But you know what? Every one of those people groups is people. The only race that God made is the human race. And God is not willing that any that are part of His human race die and go to hell. He he doesn't want anybody to go there. He loves them. And we ought to love them as well. We ought to do everything we can. The love of Christ constraineth us because we thus judge that if one died for all, then we're all dead. All were dead in trespasses and sins. But Jesus Christ died for all so that all can be made alive in Christ can be made spiritually alive and we can can serve Him and reach those who are still dead. Jude chapter 1, well there's only one chapter in the book of Jude. Jude 1 verse 22 says, And of some have compassion, making a difference. I think the passion that we ought to have should be coupled with compassion that drive to reach people for Jesus Christ ought to be ought to be filled with compassion for the lost 
People don't care what you know until they know that you care. And we need to show compassion to others. And someone said that compassion is your hurt in my heart. But sometimes we don't take enough time to try to relate to people and and try to understand what they're going through so that we can present the gospel to them in a way that would be understanding, in a way that would be impactful in their lives. And we just, just, if we're going to share the gospel, we're just kind of, well, you know, boom, 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 boom. There's the gospel. And if you don't believe it, then you're just, you know, and we leave them. We don't take time to love them. Some have compassion. What's it say? Making a difference. You can throw all the facts at anybody. You can throw biblical facts at somebody and not make a difference. But if you take those biblical facts and you love somebody as you're teaching them the truth... It can and will make a difference. Here's the thing. We're all deserving of hell. We all deserve to be separated from God. But because of His mercy and His grace and His love, He's offered salvation to everyone freely if we'll receive it. And not only does He want to save us, but He wants to use us. And... We saw, we saw, first of all, takeaway number one was that God, that, that a child can sow a seed as well as an adult, and God wants to use anybody. He wants to use you to sow the seeds of the gospel. Look at takeaway number two. It's amazing to think that God can use us to share the gospel and win the loss to Christ. Not, not only does He want to use you, But He can. He can use you to share the gospel and win the loss to Christ. We just need to be passionate about doing it. Look at number three, our purpose. The purpose of the sower. Uh, The person of the sower could be anybody. The passion was to get the seed sown. He was passionate about it because he saw the need. The purpose, the sower went forth to sow. His purpose was to get the seed in the ground. His purpose was to reach, uh, to see the crop to grow. You say, that sounds like his passion. It's very similar to his passion. His passion was driven, though, by his purpose. He was passionate because of the purpose. Jesus said, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. It ought to be our purpose to reach every person we can with the gospel. We ought to be sharing the gospel with anybody and everyone we can. If we're going to share the gospel, if we're going to go into all the world and preach the gospel, if we're going to to be a witness everywhere we possibly can, then we're going to need to be ready. That's why the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 6 verse 15, in that list of the armor of God, that spiritual armor that God has provided for us, it says, and having your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Put on, it's, it's as, as you put on shoes, ready to, ready to go out, out and, and go here and there and wherever you may go. Hey, your feet are ready to take you somewhere. And the gospel, you're prepared with the gospel so that wherever you go, wherever you go, you are prepared to go and you're prepared to share the gospel. The Bible likens the, the gospel preparation to shoes. And, and, and it's... 
it, it, helps us, it helps us wherever we go to be ready to be there. To be ready to share the gospel. And if, and if, you, were, if you were someone in need of the gospel... If you're someone in need of hearing the truth of Jesus Christ that will set you free, that will free you from your sins, forgive you, and restore you in fellowship with God, and you realize that you had a need, and you knew that you were condemned, but you knew that you needed something, and you saw somebody coming, you saw somebody coming over the way, and they're walking your way, and they're bringing the glad tidings of the gospel to you, hey, that'd be beautiful, wouldn't it? No wonder the Bible says, how beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him that bringeth good tidings and publisheth peace that bringeth good tidings of good that publisheth salvation that saith unto Zion thy God reigneth. Hey good tidings glad tidings that is that's good news that's the gospel. The word gospel means good news. How beautiful are the feet of them. uh, How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him that bringeth the gospel. Hey it's exciting to be able to bring the gospel to people. Think back to the one that brought the gospel to you. Think of that person who, who brought you uh, the, the good news of Jesus Christ and His salvation. Aren't you grateful for that person? Hey, for all eternity, you'll be grateful for that one who cared enough to bring the gospel to you. It might have been in a, in a church setting like this. It might, have been, uh, it might have been somebody knocking at your door. It might have been a loved one sit, sitting, uh, sitting there in, your, in the house with you or somewhere sharing the gospel. But whoever it was, wherever it was, you're grateful for that person who brought the gospel to you. And there are people out there that are waiting for somebody to bring the good news to them. Hey, we live in, we live in a world that is, that is so depressed there are more people on on uh, on uh, drugs for emotional issues, and I'm not downplaying emotional issues, but I, but I am I I do want to tell you this: a lot of those emotional issues, not everyone, but a lot of those emotional issues can be solved if people if people experience forgiveness from Jesus Christ. Because many times guilt for our sin, that burden of guilt, weighs upon us and it affects our mental and our emotional condition to the point of depression. And what the person needs is forgiveness. I'm not saying that every person with an emotional issue just needs to be saved. You know, I'm not saying that. I mean, everybody needs to be saved, of course. But, uh, but uh, I, I'm, I have... I have I have loved ones who have experienced some of, some of those emotional issues and depression and things like that. I, hey, it's very real. I'm not downplaying that at all. I'm saying that some of those people, though, if they experience the grace of God and His forgiveness, and they realize what that offers to them, they could have victory over those emotional things. There are people out there that are hurting that are waiting, that are wanting somebody to bring the gospel to them. Hey, there are people that Jesus Christ has been working in their hearts, preparing their hearts for the gospel. They recognize they need, they need a Savior. They just don't know how to be saved. And they're looking for somebody who will come with purpose to sow the seed, to share the gospel with them. And here's the thing, you're not going to be a witness by accident. You don't accidentally go and share the gospel with somebody. You do it on purpose. See, this sower went forth 
to sow. He didn't accidentally put on the, the seed bag that day and go out and just trip. And, oh, the seed got sown. All right, I've done my job. No. He said, I'm going to sow. So he got his bag on. He got it loaded up with seed. And he went out there to the field and began to sow. He began to sow the seed. And he did it on purpose. And we need to, on purpose, go witness for Jesus Christ. We need to be purposeful about sharing the gospel. Uh, Takeaway three is we must be purposeful in sharing the gospel. It's the command of Jesus Christ to go into all the world and preach the gospel. So we need to go and on purpose share the gospel with people. Well, I don't know if they want to hear it. You don't know if that they don't. You know what I've found? Sometimes the people that, that look like they don't want to hear it, they really do. And sometimes those that, that look like they'll just receive it, <sighs> they don't want to hear anything I've got to say. But you don't know until you go on purpose to ask them. Until you go on purpose to share the gospel with them. We need to go. We need to go and purposefully share the gospel. And then number four, the peace. The peace of the sower. What is the job of the sower? To sow the seed. It's his job or her job to get the seed sown. And so he went out to sow. Notice he didn't, uh, is, the, the sower didn't go out and say, well, you know, it's probably not going to do that great. It's probably not going to be a whole lot to grow. I'll just wait and do this another time. I'll sow another year. I'll put it off and I'll sow later. No. The job of the sower was to sow. And regardless of how smart a farmer is or whatever, nobody, no human being has the power to produce the crop. They can, they can try all the different additives and all the different things, but, but there is no guarantee from anybody that you put a seed in the ground or in soil, and even with all the best fertilizers and everything, there's no guarantee that that seed will produce a crop. Only God can bring that result. Only God can produce the fruit. The peace of the sower is, I did my job. I've done what I'm supposed to do. I take the seed and sow it. The Bible says, and when he sowed, when he sowed, some fell on good ground, some fell on stony ground, some fell by the wayside, some fell among thorns. You might say, well, he needed to be a little more careful where he sowed. <laughs> well, maybe so, but he sowed, Right? He sowed his seed. He sowed the seed. And, and we'll talk about, about how careful he needed to be in another message. But, uh, <laughs> but he, he went out and sowed his seed. And he didn't, he didn't sit there and wring his hands. When he sowed, his job was done. The sower sowed the seed. Jesus said to Peter, 
Matthew 16, 18, Jesus had asked his disciples, Who do you say that I am? And, and Peter said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus said, I, I say also unto thee that thou art Peter. And upon this rock I will build my church. Now, he, he wasn't saying, Peter, I'm going to build my church on you. Now, there are some that believe that. But that's not what he was saying at all. He was saying, Peter, you're a little rock. He said, but you've spoken the truth. You're a little pebble. You're, you're just a little stone, but the, the boulder of truth that you've spoken, that I am the Christ, the Son of the living God, this foundation that you have spoken, upon this rock, I will build my church. The church exists and the church has been built upon the fact that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He is the Christ, the, the Son of the living God. And, and uh, somebody that denies that fact is not a child of God. Somebody that denies the, the deity of Christ, they, they do not believe in Jesus Christ. as, as the, uh, He can't be our Savior if He's not God. Because He would have been a sinner and had to pay for His own sins. But because he is God, he's perfect, he's sinless, he's holy. And his blood was able to atone for, for our sins, not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. And it's that truth that Jesus is building his church upon himself. He is the rock. He said, and I will build my church. Notice he didn't say cross point, I will build your church. He didn't, say, I will, he didn't say, cross point, I want you to build my church. No. He said, cross point, you're my church and I'm going to build my church. What does that leave us to do? To go and sow. To go and sow the seed. To go and share the good news of Jesus Christ everywhere we go. Uh, Paul said in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 6, he said, I have planted Apollos watered. Apollos was another preacher that traveled around preaching like Paul did. He said, I've planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So then neither is he that planteth anything, neither he that watereth, but God that giveth the increase. You know, when people, when people ask, ask, you know, how's the church going? I always say, hey, God is doing some amazing things at Crosspoint. Because you know what? It's not me. It's not you. It's God that's doing the work. You say, well, I feel like I've done a lot of work. <laughs> well, yeah. But this week when I, I was scrambling some eggs or frying some eggs this week and I took a spatula and, and I went, you know, on, the, on the, the, the pan and I took that egg and I flipped it and, when I, and the spatula was dirty. The spatula had gotten a little heated. The spatula was, had egg on it. Because it was used. It worked. But I'm the, one that, I'm the one that used it. And sometimes we'll get in there and we'll do work. But it's God that is working through us. He is the one that's using us to do the work. Hey, don't be weary in well-doing. For in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Just be faithful to work. Be faithful to labor. Be faithful to sow the seed. Be faithful to be that instrument. Uh, yield, be faithful to yield your members as instruments of righteousness unto, unto holiness. And God will use us. Our peace is we're just to yield ourselves to Him. And He'll do the work through us. The results are not left up to us. The results are left up to God.
1 Thessalonians 5.24 says, Faithful is he that calleth you, who also will do it. God is going to do the work. Takeaway number four. We're commanded to go and spread the gospel. The results are God's. Hey, that takes pressure off, doesn't it? Now, there is an urgency. There's a need to go. We need to, we need to, uh, to leave our comfort zone and to go out and, to, and to, to serve. But the results are God's. And if we will be obedient to, be, to go and to be used of God to share the gospel, God will reach many with the gospel through us. Crosspoint may never be one of those churches that's just bulging at the seams with hundreds and thousands of members. I, of course, naturally, I pray that day comes. But we don't judge our success as a church by how big the congregation is. Success is, are we obedient to sow? Are we being the sower that we're told to be? Are we going and sowing the seed of the gospel? Endeavoring to make disciples of all nations. We're commanded to go and to spread the gospel. The results are God's. A friend of mine from Georgia, he's, a, well, he's originally from North Carolina, I believe, but a friend of mine was a pastor of a church that was close to the one I pastored there in Georgia. And, and he wrote a song. He wrote a song that has such a, such a powerful message. And it, and it spoke to my heart and it convicted me and, and it encouraged me in this area of going and being involved in sharing the gospel. And I've, I've included it on the, back of, in the, on the back of your bulletin here. I want to share this with you today. I pray that it will be a blessing to you. We're commanded to go and share the gospel. When Jesus went away, He commanded all His friends to go and tell the world there's hope and forgiveness for their sins. Now today we too must go, we've been commanded to do the same. Let me ask you, who will go in Jesus' name? Who will go that the world might know the Savior? Who will go that the world might know the way? Who will tell those bound for hell that Jesus loves them? Who will give that men might live in Christ today? If not you, tell me who. If not now, please tell me when. That this world will hear about the one who died for all their sin. Oh, we have hope, we have truth, 
How can we sit here so still when the world outside these walls is bound for hell? Who will go that the world might know the Savior? Who will go that the world might know the way? Who will tell those bound for hell that Jesus loves them? Who will give that men might live in Christ today? Will you go that the world might know the Savior? Will you go that the world might know the way? Will you tell those bound for hell that Jesus loves them? Will you give that men might live in Christ today? Let's stand together, our heads bowed, eyes closed. Lord Jesus, I want to thank you for those who cared enough to come our way, to bring the gospel to us, that good news, the glad tidings. Lord, I'm thankful that they brought the good news of salvation to us. I pray that we'll be faithful to go and to sow the seed of the gospel. Help us, Lord, to recognize that you want to use us and you can use us and you will use us as as we yield ourselves to you. I pray, Lord, that you would help us to humble ourselves and to repent of anything that would hinder us from being useful to you. Anything in our life that might hinder us from being a vessel unto honor sanctified and meet for the master's use something that's not a good reflection of Jesus Christ help us to repent of those things and help us to place ourselves at your disposal to be used however you see fit help us Lord to love you and to love others enough to to go and share your good news with them so that they too can experience the forgiveness of God and the salvation that is in Jesus Christ Help us to be passionate. Help us to go on purpose. And help us to recognize that you're the one that produces the results. Lord, I pray that if there's any here today that do not know you as their Lord and Savior, that today they'll see that you are a good, good Father. That you're you're a Savior that is worthy of of our service. I pray that they'll see the goodness of God in salvation, in that you commended your love toward us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. You've made a way for us to be reconciled to you. So we don't have to spend eternity separated from God. But we can be with you for eternity, forever and ever. Thank you, Lord. Help us now as we respond to you. How you've spoken to us in Jesus' name.